good to be here and good to see you here. Amen. God is so wonderful. And those of you who are joining online, we're grateful for your being here with us as well. I've been sharing a series called Three People That I Need and That We All Need During This Pandemic Season in Our Lives. And this is proven for me to be true, and hopefully it would be proven for you also. And I said um, the first series was, or the first sermon was, uh, that every one of us need a prophet. We need somebody who is going to speak into our lives, uh, as 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3 says, that they will speak encouragement, they will exhort us, and they will comfort us. Doesn't mean they have to be a like real prophet, but somebody, God will send people into our lives who will speak the word of the Lord. And when Israel, or Judah, was taken captive to Babylon, the word Babylon means confusion, and there's no, there, there can be no more uh, confusing season than now. Uh, you know, first it was wear your mask, then you could take them off, and now you gotta put them back on, and there's just a lot of confusion. But I like that in the midst of confusion, God raises up a prophet by the name of Jeremiah who, who lets Israel know uh, in, in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, and I like, as I, as I share the illustration, that this image is actually a, is a puzzle, and it seems like the pieces of our lives are all over the place, and yet God has the ability to put the broken pieces back together. Amen. And so that scripture says, uh, God says, for I know the plans that I have for you. They are good plans and not to, 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 to destroy you and not to upset you, but to give you a bright future and a, an expected future and expected hope. And so God has your future in his hand. Amen. God has his future in your hand, in his hand, in his hand. And we praise God that, as I, as I shared a few weeks ago, or last week and a few weeks ago, that one of the prophets that God sent to my life was my ninth grade teacher called, her name was Mrs. Lightsinger, and she just believed in me. And just, just her one word, just that one sentence, I didn't fail you because I know you could do the work, just changed my academic life. And I praise God for that. And then last week, we talked about the fact that not only we need a prophet, not only we need somebody who will speak encouragement, the word encourage comes from two, uh, two Latin words, E-N, which means in, and, and core, C-U-R, which means heart, and we borrow that word core, only we, we add an E to the end of that word core, and so we call it core values, that is our heart values. So encouragement is to put heart into somebody, it is to strengthen a person's heart, their, their attitude, their conviction. And many times God will send people into our lives to speak encouragement to us. But then we also need a prayer. God will give us a prophet. God would also give us a prayer, an intercessor. Uh, Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, I really want to just once again review this, Daniel chapter 6 verse 10, it says, now when Daniel learned, this is the NIV, that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward 
Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God. Can you repeat those five words with me? Giving thanks, giving thanks to, my God. to my God. Say that again. Giving thanks, giving thanks to, my to my God. Just as he done uh, before. In the midst of Babylonian captivity, Daniel was giving thanks to God. Now, uh, we need to understand and, and when you look at this text, many of you are probably familiar, if you, if you were raised in church, and even if you weren't raised in the church, most of us have probably heard of the story of Daniel in the lion's den. And this chapter six speaks about the fact that Daniel was thrown into the lion's den uh, because of some jealous co-workers, and he was thrown into the lion's den because he prayed to God. I wanna say this, that it was not Daniel's jealous co-workers that threw him into the lion's den. It was Satan. The word Satan means opponent. See, Satan wanted to take the nation of Judah and destroy them permanently in Babylon. But God raised up Daniel, an intercessor, to pray. And Daniel, watch this, Daniel prayed for the entire 70 years that Israel, or Judah, was in Babylon, and he was praying knowing that God would release them in answer to his prayer. Are you following me so far? Now, you need to understand, and I'll get to this quickly because there's going to be a portion of this service where I'm going to eventually have you to get on your cell phones if you have one, have one, or take out a piece of paper, and you're going to help me preach this message. Those of you online, you're going to help me as well. But I, I need you to understand that Daniel, whose name means, Daniel means God is my judge, that is God is my decision maker, God has my future in his hands, he, 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 Daniel understands because he's a study, he's a student of the word, he understands that uh, 400 years prior to Daniel being in Babylon, including uh, the whole nation of Judah, Solomon prayed in 2 Chronicles chapter 6, and Solomon said this, he said, if your people disobey you and they're carried off into a foreign land, and if they watch this, this I tell you, I could run around the church for this one. He said, seeing that they can't get back to Jerusalem, if they just look in the direction of the temple, if they just look in the direction of the temple and pray to you, just, just pray in the direction of the temple, hear their prayers and answer their cause. So you need to understand that Daniel picked a specific apartment that he made sure that his windows faced Jerusalem. And three times a day for 70 years, he was praying, God, get us out of here. I'm going to preach this somewhere else. You see, and, 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 
You see that window? This is the direction. If I'm Daniel, he was praying southeast. The, depending on what commentary or what uh, 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 additional reference, reference books you read, uh, Babylon was anywhere between 600 and 1,000 miles away from Judah. And yet Daniel is looking southeast three times a day, and he is praying, God, forgive us. God, bring us out. And the enemy understands that a prayer is dangerous to him. You stop praying. I mean, you stop getting serious about prayer, and all hell is going to break loose because the devil knows, oh my goodness, I am preaching up in here. The devil knows that in his equation, there are three parts of the equation, like one plus one equals two, or A plus B equals C. And so we understand that, that the devil understands that there are three parts to answer prayer. There is number one, the promise. Are you with me? And then number two, there is the promiser. And then number three, there is the promisee. Now, the devil knows that he cannot mess with the word of God. Because Jesus, the Bible says, the psalmist says, God has magnified his word above his name. The Bible says that heaven and earth shall pass away, but not one cross of the T or the dot of I will pass away. So God's promises can't be changed. So that's fixed. So then the devil understands also that God, the promiser, cannot be changed. Because Numbers 23 verse 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie. He's not even the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he will do it. If he spoke it, he will make it good. Jesus Christ, uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will not change his promises. So he can't mess with the word. He can't mess, that is the promises. He can't make, mess with the promiser, so he messes with the promisee, which is us. As soon as you say, I'm believing God, all hell's going to break loose. Luke chapter 8 says, trouble comes because of the word. As soon as you're praying for a new job, you lose your old job. As soon as you're praying for a promotion, <laughs> You don't get one. You get passed over. I'm telling you, but God, but, but Daniel understood that for seven years he kept praying and finally the devil realized, I cannot stop this guy from praying and if he keeps praying, these people are going to get out of Babylon, get out of confusion. So what I have to do is kill Daniel. But when God's hand is on an intercessor, all hell can break loose. You can, uh, you can be thrown into a fiery furnace and someone will step in to make sure you come out not even smelling like smoke. Have you ever been in the fire and you came out not smelling like the, 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 the fire, not smelling like... Not, it, you came out of a situation... We're not talking about not smelling like fire. I'm talking about you, you came out of... Like Sister uh, Elder Jenny was talking about, you came out of a situation that should have broke you, that should have left you bitter. But when you came out, you came out sweet. You came out praising God. And people are like, how can you praise God in the midst of what you went through? I'll tell you how. Jesus was in with me in the fire, and I am fireproof. Yeah. 
So Daniel is praying. And we're, we're in Daniel's situation right now where we can't get to the house of the Lord to pray like we used to. But God has made opportunities for us to still face Jerusalem, face his temple. We have midnight prayer, Monday through Friday, at midnight, 12 a.m. We have morning prayer, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m., and Saturday at 7 a.m. We have the upper room where we're waiting on God in the presence of God, prayer, Monday through Friday, 7 o'clock to 9, sometimes 10, waiting on the presence of God. We have biblical justice prayer where we're praying for justice issues. This month uh, will be uh, um, food insecurities. And so we're praying for the injustice of food insecurity. And that's usually on Tuesday from 1 o'clock to 1.30, which is our day of prayer and fast. And then there's pre-service prayer, which is at 9.30, which we had today, and that's why the presence of God was in here. My point is, is that you can make any one of those prayers because it's online. <laughs> Repeat with me. I'm a Daniel. I'm a Daniel. You have a cell phone right now? Anybody have a cell phone? Put your, hold your cell phone right now. Just, can you believe that the bishop is asking you to put your cell phone up in the air. Believe it or not, this is your window facing the temple. <laughs> ah, you didn't hear me. This is your window. <laughs> All you have to do is get online and join corporate prayer. Let me tell you something. There are th some things that God is not going to do in your own prayer time. It, it's quiet. I think I'm going to have to have you help me because it's quiet in here. Well, I can, <laughs> I, can, I can pray to God by myself. Yeah, you can. But there's just some things that are not going to happen unless we are in corporate prayer. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1 that the Holy Spirit, which is the birthday of the church, the church was birthed not in a private prayer meeting, but with a group of 120 people praying. And so when you come together, you pray, something happens. God shows up. And I want to say this. I, I want to say this, that uh, we're, we're heading into the 17th month of this pandemic. And I, I just want to say to those in this audience, those who are online, and those who may listen to this sermon later that, that my wife and I, from the time the pandemic started, we had, we went, we had to go into quarantine, 14 day quarantine twice. My father died from COVID. A lot of things, this, this, we had to do funerals and I'm telling you that if the, if the people of God if I didn't have Daniels, if I didn't have prayers in my life, I would certainly have lost my mind. There is no way I could leave this church in the midst of a pandemic without people praying for me. I know, I know that every day 
Somebody is praying for me. And I want to say to you, the only reason why you're sitting here in your right mind is because somebody has been praying for you. You may not know, come on, you may not know who the prayer is, but somebody has been praying for you. And for that, you need to thank God. Come on, right now, just praise God. I don't have to know who was praying for me. In fact, ah, shake up. Some of you, uh, uh, some of you, the person who prayed for you has long passed away. But, the, but I like what Ian Bounds says, Prayer has the ability to outlast the prayer. So, ah, some of you, are the only reason you are where you are is because some grandmother or some grandfather who's, who's been dead 20, 30, 40 years had prayed for their generations, and you are the recipient of their prayers. If you understand it, why don't you give God praise that somebody has been praying for you. You think you got into that college because of your grades? You think you got that job because of your grace, you think because you're healthy, because of God, it is God who had somebody praying for you. Some of you almost got killed in a car accident, and you're still here. Why? Somebody was praying for you. My wife was almost killed about 20 years ago on Route 2. This, this young girl, I think she was a teenager, maybe in her 20, talk, she, she, she hit my wife's car so hard that literally knocked her off the road into the rotary. And the girl got out of the car screaming because she thought she killed my wife. And my wife, I got the call in my office saying, it was a stranger saying, you need to come here, um, a terrible accident happened. And when someone else calls and tells you that your, that your wife has been in an accident and your wife didn't call. So I drove, and if, you, if, you, if some of you are familiar where Fresh Pond Parkway turns into Route 2. If you know where that rotary is, that's where her car was knocked into that rotary. And I remember getting there, and I'm, I saw my wife just walking around like she just was shopping at Staples. <laughs> and, and I'm like, what? But then when I went to see the car, because they told the car when I saw the, when I, when I got to the car, both airbags were out, and I could literally smell death in the car. I don't know how she survived other than somebody was praying, her mom who's now passed away is praying, and the angel of the Lord. Do I have a witness of anybody who you know you shouldn't be sitting here? Some accident some sickness, and you're still here. If that's you, could you just stand up right where you are and give God praise? If you know, you know. I'm not talking about you making up stuff. You know that you should be dead. You should, you should have died of cancer. You should have died from the accident. You should, my God, somebody stuck you up. What, whatever it is, if you're on the chat, stand where you are and give God praise. You're still here only by the grace 
grace of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. On this Friday, we're going to have, we, 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 we received the prophetic word about two years ago when Phil Thompson, he, uh, some of you know uh, Phil Thompson, the one who, who wrote, Here's My Worship, My Worship. Uh, he did a concert here, a worship night here, and we received the prophetic word that if we would meet once a fr one Friday a month and give it to the Lord, just worshiping and waiting on him, God will just transform and, and do wonders in our church. And so even in the midst of this pandemic, we, we, we are committing First Fridays to the Lord, and we invite you to come out here, First Fridays at 9 o'clock, 9 to 11 usually, we just... We just are in this presence of the Lord and letting him do what he wants to do. But my point is, is that you need a prayer in your life. Finally, I want to talk about the praiser. The praiser. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 10 says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line of Zerubbabel's hand. Haggai chapter 2 verse 23 uh, God, after God telling his people to build my house, and in the end he says, I will honor you, and I will, uh, yeah, I will honor you, says the Lord, for I have chosen you. The name Haggai means to celebrate. It means festival. And the, the praiser, the praiser is, let me, let me keep going. The word praise means an act of expressing approval or admiration or commendation. It means laudation, laudation. Uh, some of you, if you're familiar with the, the, uh, the, the hours of, the watch hours of prayer, uh, in some, in, in uh, liturgical books, they call the divine offices. Office means work, the divine work. And, and so 12 o'clock midnight, has a name, it's called Martins, uh, three o'clock has a name, six o'clock has a name, and what am I saying? I'm saying six o'clock prayer is, is called, uh, it's called loud, L-A-U-D, which means praise, and, and uh, back in the, in, during the 1600s, uh, and even now, they would have what they call the watch hours, and the six o'clock hour, of which we as a church uh, has six o'clock prayer, it is the sunrise hour, and it's called loud, meaning that, not loud, L-O-U-D, but L-A-U-D, which means praise. And what it, what, what it basically says is that when the sun rises up, the first thing I should be doing is giving praise to God. As soon as I get up, open my eyes, I should praise God. Because number one, he spared my life over the night. And, and, and so David says it's a good thing to give praise unto the Lord and to sing praises unto his name on most high, to show forth your loving kindness in the morning. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord's day is to be praised. Uh, the word uh, praise also means offering, the offering of grateful respect Grateful respect, that is looking back in words or song as an act of worship. What am I saying? The praiser reminds me and refocuses me on the goodness of God. Ah, we need somebody in our lives who, in the midst of this pandemic, will remind us that God is a good God. 
Because, because you, this pandemic and this season, even I believe yesterday, well, we found out that the, 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 the um, mortuorium, if I pronounce the word light, of, 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 of people who couldn't pay the rent and people who couldn't pay the mortgages, that has ended. So now people who couldn't pay the rent could probably now be um, evicted. So, so these are some tough times, and yet we need a praiser to remind us that God is good, and no matter what we're going through, he's worthy to be praised. Uh, David said in Psalms 34 verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will what? Continually be in my mouth. Ah, Jesus, when he was about to uh, feed 5,000 men with only five loaves and two fishes, fish, the Bible says that Jesus said to his disciples, you feed this, 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 this multitude. And they said, how? And they said, well, go in the crowd and find out what Food is out there. And you know the story, but if you don't, I'll explain it to you. So the 12 disciples, they go out into a crowd of just 5,000 men alone. That means it probably was about at least 20,000 people if you count the women and children. And he goes out there, they go out there, and they come back with a little boy's lunch, five loaves, and two fish. And they said, here's what we have, but what little is this? in the sight of all these people. Huh. And the Bible says, taking the five loaves and two fish, Jesus looked up to heaven, are you with me, and began to complain about how in the world did you put me in this situation, Father? This is ridiculous. He took what he had and blessed it. Maybe the reason why you're not seeing miracles is because instead of blessing what you have, you curse what you have. I'm preaching to somebody. Ah, whatever little you have, God can take it and turn it into a miracle. Ah, God can take your jacked up grades and get you into a school that you have no business getting into. God can take your jacked up finances and bring you into a place that you have no business being in. Instead of complaining and whining about what you have, bless what you have and see what God does. Because God will not join you in complaining, but he will, uh, he will join you if you bless him. That's why in the midst of his challenges, he lost his family, he lost his wealth, he lost everything but his wife. Job says the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed! When's the last time you blessed God for something that went wrong? Ooh, I got a raise. Praise the Lord. Someone got safety in my ministry. Praise the Lord. I got a house. Praise the Lord. I got into school. Praise the Lord. I got this great job. Praise the Lord. I just got in a car accident. Praise the Lord. My best friend just walked out on me. Praise the Lord. 
Can you take the little and bless God? We need people in our lives who remind us in the midst of our whining and complaining that God is still worthy to be praised. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, he says, rejoice in the Lord. What? Always. And again, I say rejoice. He didn't write this in the Sheridan Hotel. He wrote that in prison. Can you praise God while you're in prison? Can you praise God when things aren't going your way? Can you say to God, God, this pandemic is messing up everything. I'm tired of learning virtually. I'm tired of, oh my good, the, the kids are always around me and I'm going crazy and it's driving me nuts. Can you, in the midst of that, praise the Lord? And the beautiful thing about God's giving, giving God praise, you don't have to be happy giving God praise. You lost your loved one, ah, ha, ha, praise the Lord. No, you, you, you can praise God in the midst of tears. Are there any people who have praised God? Your heart was broken. Tears were streaming down your heart. You didn't even know how you could get out of your mouth, praise God. But you just said, praise your name. Praise your name. And somehow, as you praise God, God inhabit the praise of, of his people. And sooner or later, what happened? You got up, you found yourself dancing, and people looking at you, how can you dance in the midst of this? Because God is good. It could all be worse. If you're here right now, why don't you just give God praise, 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 give God praise. Yeah, you have a crappy apartment, but you could be homeless. Yes, you eat the same thing over and over again, but you could have no food at all. Yeah, you can't afford bottled water. Fuji. You have, you, my goodness, God forbid, you have to drink tap water. But you could easily be living in a place where there's no plumbing at all. Okay, so you don't have a car. But you have two feet that you can walk. Turn to somebody and say, I don't like this message. <laughs> see, 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 God, we, and my point is, and, and, and I'm closing this with, with this, God says, you know, people are like, I want to go God's will for my life. God, show me my husband. God, show me my wife. Come show me the school and the job. Show, God show, and God said, let me, let me show you what my will is. Let's, let's start out with the ABC of my will. In everything, let's start there. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. In everything, in everything, not for everything, in everything, give thanks. Because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So you're going to help me now preach this message. I want you to take out your phone if you have it. If you don't have a device, don't worry about it. And I want you, uh, those of you who may not be familiar with those, those of you who are online, you already said. 
Looks like we have a fancy scan up there. I guess you can do that. Or you can go, if you're uh, uh, digitally challenged like me, you can go to ptspice.org. Go to the bottom of the website and you'll see our service live stream. Or you can just go to YouTube and type in PT live stream. Now once you get there, uh, lower your volume. And this is, and you say, okay, what do we, why, why am I looking at this screen, Bishop, when you're, when I'm, when you're right in front of me? Because this, this is what I want you to do. You're going to take five minutes of my sermon. And what I want you to do, I want you to write as, as, as many things as you can that you're going to thank, that you're thanking God for. I want you to write as many things as you can to thank God for you. Many of you know, if you're, not, if you're new to this church, you don't know this, but every week I write down what I call a Jehovah sneaky list, how, how God has sneaked blessings into my life. And it's taken from that, that old hymn, count your blessings. And so starting right now, I want you to just write in the chat how much God has blessed you. Some of you may say, thank God I can walk. Thank God I can see. In the meantime, if we could play that song. Um, can we hear that song? I need to count my blessings. It's nothing short of a miracle If you can walk, thank the Lord for that. I think it If you have parents that are still alive, thank the Lord for that. I know it comes from above. I have as a praiser to remind you of the goodness of God. Sister, you ought to thank God for that person. You help me steady so I wouldn't give up. You open doors that nobody could shut. I hope I never get over what you've done. Wow, look at this chat line just exploding with people thanking God.
Try and I can't keep 